to the Men Are Necessary podcast where we recognize the importance of having men in our lives, but not just any man, foundational men. And with each episode, we are building foundational men. I am Mike Brown, your certified health and wellness coach and lifestyle strategist. And I want to thank you for being a part of the conversation. So join me as we continue to build foundational men through knowledge, wisdom, and insight. You guys, we have been plugging away. Building the foundational man, discussing all of the qualities that make up a foundational man. We have been talking about the importance of having these qualities in your life and how you can obtain these qualities, not just on a temporary basis, but on a long-term foundational basis, an everlasting basis. I think that this is uh, something that is very important because this is what every man is striving to be, a foundational man. And what a beautiful thing to have a starting point for your journey. It brings clarity. It brings hope. It brings excitement when you have a place to begin your journey. You don't have to search for it. You don't have to seek anybody else's advice. You don't have to do any of those things. Everything is just clear for you. And what a beautiful feeling for a man. It builds confidence. It encourages you. It strengthens you to keep moving forward. You have something to look towards. Your life isn't just spinning in the same circle anymore. Those feelings of apathy and depression and whatever it may be that's slowing you down. Those feelings are no longer present. Why? Because now you have hope in your life. Why? Because now you know exactly what was spinning in your heart, spinning in your head, and why you were feeling the way you were feeling. This is the change that you were desiring, but you just couldn't put a name on it, and you didn't know where to begin the process. And now, guess what? You know how to begin the process of being a foundational man. And when you become a foundational man, it changes not just you, but it changes everyone else around you. It changes your entire life. You become automatically a better man, a better husband, a better brother, a better friend, a better coworker, a better leader, because you're grounded on a foundation that is unbreakable and unshakable. The qualities of a foundational man can be found in Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we covered all of those qualities. We are down to our last two, faithfulness and gentleness. And those go hand in hand. So Those will come in the next episode. But today I wanted to spend time talking about something a little bit different, but you'll still get a nice, fine uh, meal of knowledge and insight from today's topic. And guess what? Today is my birthday. And I figured since I am a little bit older, 
a little bit wiser, a little bit grayer. I told you guys when I began this podcast, I had three gray hairs. Now I'm up to six. So they're coming along, but I think that it's because I'm growing wiser, more comfortable uh, with who I am and where I'm trying to go, more at ease with the journey. These aren't stressful grays. These are grays of feeling confident. These are grays that I've worked for. All right. I've been blessed in my life not to have a lot of worry, uh, not to have a lot of doubt. I've been blessed with the tools and the resources to get past just about any adversity that I may face. And I'm not saying I don't get upset. I'm not saying that I don't become frustrated. I'm not saying that I handle every single adversity with long suffering and grace. I strive to, but there are times where I miss the mark. However, the beauty of it is, is that I have the resources to get back on track and I know exactly who to call upon and I know exactly where to go. That's the beauty. That's why every day should be a good day. When you have the resources, when you understand your purpose, when you understand who to call upon, when you understand that building an intimate and intentional relationship with God is the key, when you understand those things and then you act out those things, you kneel down and humble yourself in prayer. When you apply these things and you are filled with these qualities because you have drawn close to God and you've received his Holy Spirit. Every day should be a good day. Why? Because you have the resources and the tools. Not saying that every day should be so great that you're blinded with happiness and that you're blinded without any kind of adverse situations coming your way. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that no matter what you face, because you have the relationship that you have with God, because you are a foundational man, because you have the insight, because you have the resources to get past this adversity, every day should be a good day. What you're feeling is going to be temporary. And when you know that whatever you're going through is going to be temporary, <laughs> you're winning. You're winning. All I have to do is be steadfast, stay focused on the prize, run the race to win the prize, and I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. Today, I wanted to talk about a few things that I wish I knew when I was in my 20s. You know, we always want to look back and we say, had I known what I know now, things would be a lot different. I would have been wiser. If I had the wisdom that I had now in my 40s, when I was in my 20s, I'll be good. Life would have been a breeze. I wouldn't have made any mistakes. 
But coming from a man's perspective, I wish I knew these things and it would have made things a lot easier for me. I would not have stayed in a uh, negative state of mind for so long or I would have made totally different decisions and I would have been at peace a lot sooner in my life. But we go through things um, for reasons, right? There's a reason for everything. It's part of the molding process. It makes you who you are. And once again, I can look back now and I can say, God, I, I see what you were doing there. I didn't know what you were doing then because I wanted things my way and I was getting in the way of your vision that you had for me. I can look back and say that now. But back then, I'm trying to make my own path going against God's will and I'm looking at God, praying to him saying, what are you doing? What are you waiting on? And each time he's trying to tell me, no, don't, don't do that. Don't be in such a hurry. Hey, don't be so hasty about this decision right now. Just trust me. I know in your heart of hearts, this is what you think you want. But trust me, this is not it. You got to trust that I have something better in store for you, Mike. As I look at this list, there is a theme, and you'll see it. And, and I'm telling you these things in a specific order. And there are six different things that, as I look back, I, I spent some time thinking about this today. And I said, hmm, if I had to leave, if I left this earth right now, and I had to leave one message for my children, for my friends, for all you freshwater warriors, for all you foundational men and foundational women, if I had to leave one piece of advice or one last word, what would it be? And so far I came up with this. Starting with number one. You know how we talked about love being the foundation for any foundational man? You have to start with love. Why do we start with love? Because love is the greatest resource that we have on earth. Love never fails. Love doesn't keep record of right and wrong, or I'm sorry, of wrongdoings, I should say. It doesn't do any of those things. It doesn't hurt. It's not jealous. It's none of those things. Love is, is perfect, okay? But I've come to realize that time is almost as valuable as love. I value time just under love because it can't be greater than love because love conquers all. But when it comes to time, time to me is right under it. And when I look back at my 20s, I wasted a lot of time. I wasted time doing all sorts of stupid stuff. I wasted time thinking I was having the time of my life. I wasted time worrying about things. I wasted time chasing different silly things. I'm not here to give you a whole uh, dissertation about my entire life in the 20s. I don't want to bore you with, with that, and nor do I want to embarrass myself with those stories, okay? And I'm sure you guys can look in the mirror and say the same thing, <laughs> you know. But just think about when you were in your, t in your 20s, some of the boneheaded decisions you made, some of the stupid things you did, some of the stupid things you said. 
And you look back now and you say, man, if I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to waste time doing that. I thought it was all about work your butt off, make all this money, flaunt your money, show everybody what you got, uh, party, sun up, sun down, get back to work, spend time with your family. And then when you're not with your family, you're chasing all these other things. You're even so blinded that you're spending time with people that are a hazard, that are leeches. You're spending time with people that are bringing you down. You don't even see the traps that are being laid before you because you're happy-go-lucky. You're not looking about the, you're not looking towards the past, or I'm sorry, you're not looking towards the future because you can't even get past the next five minutes. You're living the life right now, five minutes at a time. Party hard. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's difficult to understand the true value of time until you have time taken away from you. And then you start to realize there is nothing I can do to get that time back. And you can either do two things. You can either, one, sit there and think about Oh, man, I wish I can get that time back. If I could just go back in time and do things differently, you can sit there and rack your brain with that mess, or you can understand that time is irreplaceable and it keeps moving. It does not look back. It keeps moving forward. So I have an option here. I can understand that I made some mistakes. I can understand that when I was operating, I was operating in falsehood. I didn't know the truth. Now that I know the truth, I can move forward with time. And then when it comes time that I'm in this situation, a similar situation with these similar traps laid before me, I know what to do. No longer am I going to waste time with people who are going to bring me down. No, no longer am I going to waste time chasing things that have no meaning. That can only bring me down. Time is very, very valuable to me. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want you to waste my time. I don't. And if I have time with you, I want to invest every minute I have with you. I want to give you my full attention. I want to enjoy that time with you. The second thing. There is no perfect time to make your dream a reality. Now, a lot of people get hung up on this. A lot of people get hung up on this. And I, I look back at my life and there were times where I was so gung-ho that I didn't even care. I, my motto for the longest time was make it happen. And it still is. Hey, don't talk about it. Be about it. Make it happen. Figure out a way to make it happen. It may look impossible right now, but when you start thinking about it and putting it down on paper, you'll start to see the plan unfold and you'll start to see the steps that need to be taken to one, accomplish your dream. And then two, when you write down your goals and you take it step by step, what you are doing is building a strong foundation. You can see where there's little cracks in the foundation and you can correct those while they're on paper. What you're doing is creating your blueprint. You're foolproofing your blueprint. 
So now when you look at the blueprint, you can say, oh, that's not going to work. So let me fix this before I start constructing this plan. Before I put this plan into a reality. This is why it's important to write down your goals, write down your plans. If you don't, you're just stepping out, not even on faith, you're stepping out on foolishness. You're not checking and balancing anything. You're just flying high on hopes and dreams. And then when you jump the gun and you start to really build this structure, which is leading to your dreams, and as you start to build the foundation, you see that ah, there's a couple of cracks and you ignore it. You say, ah, a couple of cracks is nothing. But then the, you start getting to the second level and you see things are uneven, but you say, ah, I guess we can level it out on the third level. And then you go so on and so forth and you never accomplish that dream because your foundation was never sturdy enough. There's too many flaws in it. And you wanted to take a shortcut and you, dis you just blatantly disregarded those flaws that are so evident right in front of your face. Didn't want to take the time to fix them because you were in such a hurry. But there is no perfect time to make your dream a reality. And what I mean by this is sometimes we say, you know, I can't start working on this because I have to finish school. And when I finish school, I want to have a family. And when I have a family, I want to make sure I'm financially secure. And when I'm financially secure, I want to make sure I have the home that I have and the cars that I want. And then I want to make sure that everybody else around me likes me. And I have to have about 10 to 20 people agree with me in my dream. And then only then I can begin this process. Well, that's never going to work. It's never going to work. And you're never going to take those steps. The perfect time is now. That's the perfect time. It's now. And I know that sounds cliche. It does sound cliche, and I'm trying not to. But that the reality of it is you can't always wait. Sometimes your, your opportunity is right now. I think about boxers when they get into the later rounds and they, they've gotten past the first few rounds where they're trying to figure each other out. They're even past the rounds where they've made their adjustments. They're in the ninth round. Okay, the fight is long. They've made their adjustments. They've seen all their moves and all their tactics. And now you're just waiting for your opponent to make a mistake. And you can sit there and wait and wait and wait until you think it's the perfect moment because you've mapped it out this way in your head. It may never come. And you might leave yourself open. You might miss your opportunity if you're being narrow-minded and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. But with a boxer that's focused, he's focused on his opponent, he's ready to adapt, and he says, I want to take 
control of this situation, but I need him to make a mistake. And this mistake may not come the way we practice it, but it's going to come and I'm going to be ready. And when that opportunity comes, I'm going to take my shot. And soon enough, it gets in two minutes into the ring and into the ninth round. And your opponent opens up his guard and he ducks right into your uppercut that you didn't even know you threw. You just saw that opening and you took it without even thinking. And next thing you know, all you hear is the crowd roaring. You go blank and the ref is raising your hand as the new champion of the world. When it comes to taking on your dream, you have to start making that plan now. Make it now. I know it's scary. Fear prevents everyone from accomplishing their dreams. It truly does. And until you're able to look at fear and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with it in the ring, it's always going to win. A lot of us let fear beat us before we even step into the ring. They announce fear into the ring, and now it's your time to come down. They announce you, you're coming out the, the locker room, you're walking down the aisle, the crowd is cheering you on, you have a face of determination, but really on the inside, you're scared, 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 and you're looking fear in the eyes as you're walking towards the ring, and you don't even touch the ring. You turn around and go right back. You don't even climb into the ring because we're so fearful. And if we choose to do that every time, fear is going to prevent you from doing anything that you ever wanted to do. And let me tell you something. When it comes time for you to, there's a couple of things that's going to happen <laughs> when you are trying to accomplish something. You are going to sacrifice, you're going to sacrifice something and you're going to have to face fear. Why? Because you're going to have to give something up. Maybe it's your job where you're comfortable. Maybe it's your job that you hate, but yet this is what you know and you don't want to do something different. Maybe you, your dream is to do something that you're not very comfortable doing, but it's a passion that you have, but your knowledge isn't where you think it should be. Whatever the case, you are going to be met with fear in multiple ways. And you're going to have to finally knuckle up and face that fear with a different outlook. You're going to have to go into that ring and say, I have been nervous to face you. You are an almost undefeated opponent. Your record, you might as well be undefeated. And that's fine. Because me, I have a way. I'm going to figure out a way to beat you. I'm going to be that one in a million that's going to defeat you. And I don't care how many rounds it goes. I'm looking for a finish. I'm not looking for a draw. I'm not looking for a tie. I'm looking to finish you before 12. I don't even want a TKO. 
I want to knock you out so you never want to face me again. But I'm smart enough and wise enough to know that you're going to want a rematch. And when that rematch happens, the tables will be turned. You're going to try to figure out how to, you're going to have to try to figure out how to get past me. I'm confident. I know every trick that you're throwing at me. I'm ready. Last time I knocked you out in five rounds, I'm knocking you out in two rounds this time. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. This is the attitude we need when we are facing our fears. The third thing. Back when I was 20, in my 20s, I should say, I wish that I was bold enough to make my own decisions. What do I mean by that? As much as I hate to say it, because I'm not that way anymore, but when I look back, I was worried about what other people thought. I wanted to do the right thing but it was always the right thing, not just for me, it was in other people's eyes. What did they think? How were they gonna judge me? If I made this decision, how would this impact everybody else's opinion about me? And do you know how many times I found myself in a position where I made a decision that I knew I wasn't comfortable with, but everybody else seemed to be comfortable with, and then it didn't turn out so well? And now I'm the one who has to look in the mirror. I'm the one who has to say, I knew better. I'm the one who has to live with that decision and find myself or and dig myself out of that situation. That was hard. And the most difficult thing about that was I was so upset, not so much with the people, but I was upset that I made a bad decision and it wasn't on my own accord. I, I can, I'm not saying it's okay to make bad decisions, but I would much rather make a bad decision all on my own than being misled by other people because I wanted them to accept me. I didn't want them to think differently about me. I was so worried about their opinion I wasn't bold enough to stand on my own, to make my own decision. That was tough. As a man who prides himself on being strong physically and mentally, especially when I was young, I, I still have my pride. Not trying to brag about that because I know it could be a detriment. But back in my 20s, I was pretty prideful. But I believe that was the humble pie I needed <laughs> for me to get to where I am now. The fourth thing, it leads into 
what we previously just talked about, being bold. When I think back, I wish I was bold enough not to just make my own decision, but bold enough to stand on that decision, stand alone. Now, this one is a tricky one for me because I was, I'm going to say it like this. I was never afraid to stand on my own. Never. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if I was outnumbered. I never had a fear of standing alone, especially in competition or especially, excuse me, when everyone was going right. And I didn't think that was correct. And I would stand on the left and say, okay, hey, this is my decision. I'm standing with that. Looks like I'm standing alone. Fine, I can do that. But as I look back, there were times where instead of standing firm on my principles, standing firm on the foundations that I knew were available, I conformed and I settled. I wasn't bold enough to stand alone. I wanted to just blend in so people could leave me alone so I wouldn't be a target. And those of you that know me now and didn't know me then, you're probably thinking, what? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm doing the same thing, (laughs) you know. But I'm, well, first, I apologize for my voice. This is uh, at one in the morning right now. Um, I was just compelled to to get this done. I had a busy night and I wanted to release something. Uh, you know, a little a little birthday, a birthday episode. So I apologize for my uh, my voice. Um, I don't have any water down here, and I'm not gonna pause and get up and go get water. We're just gonna power through this thing together, okay? But yeah, you know, when you look in the mirror and you look back, you think to yourself, man, I'm totally different than what I used to be. That's a good thing. It's good to be self-reflective and it's even, even better. Or for some of y'all, it's even gooder. (laughs) I'm just playing, but it's even gooder when you can look back and say, I have made so much progress, that is not me. And the progress that I've made has been brilliant. It's been an awesome addition to my life. So, so far we've covered, number one, time is almost as valuable as love. Don't waste time. Don't waste time chasing things that have no value to you. Number two, there is no perfect time to make your dream a reality. Oftentimes we, we wait thinking that if, we, if A connects with B and B connects with C and C connects with D, only then we can start to work towards accomplishing our goals and our dreams. No, you make it happen now. Make it happen. Number three, Be bold making your own decisions. 
Be bold enough to make your own decisions. Number four, be bold enough to stand alone. We're living in a world right now where society doesn't want you alone. And most of the time, you don't want to be alone. I mean, that's, that's just not how we were created. However, there are times where you have to stand firm. There are times where you have to get past what everybody else is saying and everybody else is doing, and you're going to have to look for yourself. You're going to have to have a strong enough foundation. There we go, a foundation. You're going to have to start working towards being a foundational man, a foundational woman, and then going back to the real foundation of how to live your life how to make sound decisions. And when you start to do that, people are gonna start to uh, walk away from you. And you need to be able to stand firm on that. Number five thing that I wish I knew when I was in my 20s is that true power comes from self-control. You know, when oftentimes, uh, and, uh, as men, we do this all the time. Man, look at this guy. He is so strong. You see his arms bulging through that polo. You see his confident walk. That man is a strong man, isn't he? Look how smart this man is. Look how many awards he's won because of academics. That man is not strong, but he is also bright, which makes him on a whole nother level of strong. How many times have we looked at a, a person and judged them simply by their job title? Man, he's the CEO of a power corporation. Man, that guy is powerful. How many times have we been around foundational men and we've, we've said, man, this guy is powerful, but for all these other different reasons, these physical traits, these mental traits, but when you think about it, when you think about a foundational man that you have in your life, and you think about the strength that he possesses, the consistency in his life, the peace that he has in his life, the gentleness in his life, when you see those things happen, it all leads back to self-control. He's disciplined, but it goes back to self-control. Even with simple things, I see this guy eat fruits and vegetables all the time. And I even went over his house and I thought that maybe it was just some kind of fad he was doing in front of us to show that he's eating healthy. But really, when he goes home in private, he's eating like crazy pizzas, donuts, cupcakes, cookies, ice cream, all of my favorites, bacon, double cheeseburgers. No, you, you go to his home and he's still disciplined. You see him on the beach, he's still disciplined. And we look at that and we say, man, this guy is disciplined, but really it's self-control. This guy has a high level of self-control. Why? It's not by his own doing. Remember, we just talked about this. His self-control doesn't come from him and him alone. If, it, if he was... If he was living his life based solely off of his own power, his self-control would be zero, just like with all of us.
but he is a man that is grounded in the strongest foundation. He has a close relationship with the most powerful being. He has an intimate relationship, intentional relationship. Every day he's waking up all throughout the day, working on his relationship with God. This is how you become powerful because you'll have the self-control to run away from temptation, to make sound decisions, to understand that when you're in a pinch or for every decision that you're making, you rely on not just your own wisdom, not just your own gut feelings, not your heart, none of those things you rely on God to speak to you and to guide you. That's true power. I wish power came from lifting weights. I wish power came from thinking positive. I wish true power came from a job title. But true power is, comes, it comes from self-control. It is grounded in self-control. Had I known that, I wouldn't have went through that phase of partying so hard, thinking I was still in control, but I was out of control. I wouldn't have worried so hard and so much, thinking that if I worry just a little bit more, I'll regain my sanity and regain control. But I noticed when I started doing the little things, having the self-control to do the little things. It gave me insight to the peace that I could have in my life, which brings us to the last and final thing, the sixth thing that I wish I knew. Now, I knew this. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to believe it. And it's an entirely different thing to act out on it. And you'll get where I'm going with this after I say it. How could this be? How could all those be so similar but opposite? Well, here's why. Because the sixth thing is understanding that God will provide. You see, I always knew that. I knew that. I grew up in the church. I grew up with my parents always uh, telling me this and and showing me this and praying about it and all those things. I knew it. I knew God would provide. I had seen him provide in my life, even when I felt I didn't deserve it. I mean, we never really deserve it, but I knew I didn't deserve it. I knew I didn't deserve his grace. I knew whatever I had coming, I should have had coming. I should have had worse coming my way. But God always provided for me. And I get emotional thinking about it. Like, why did he choose me? Why did he choose me? He didn't have to. Why did he choose me? But I'm glad that he did. I'm more than glad that he did. God will provide. So I knew that. Even in my toughest times, I knew that. You know that. 
You may be going through tough times right now, and you know that. Here's the thing. Do you believe that? I know you probably believe that, but this is where we get in our own way. We believe that, but then we still want to have our hand in it. That was me. Yeah, God, I, 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 uh, I know. I know the path that you're leading me on. And hey, you know what? By the way, thank you for your grace and your mercy. You didn't have to do that. I really appreciate that. Thank you, God. Now, I know I did make some bargains with you. I did say I would never do someone, do such and such again. If you showed me grace and mercy, now that we're here, I, I just want to make another deal with you, though. Here's the thing. This path that you showed me that you wanted me to take, hey, it looks good and all. I like the end goal with it. Trust me, God, I, I like the end goal with it. Uh, I'm just not sure about that path to get there, though. I was thinking if I could take more of that scenic route that was closer to the beach. I, I, I know, I know, I know there's distractions on the beach. However, I promise you, I'll just, I'll look past. I won't look to the left or right. I'll just stay focused on the path, but I just, I just want to be on the sand. I like when the sun sets on the water, that breeze from the water, you know, going through that jungle, that jungle's a little scary. I'm not going to lie. It's a little scary in the scenery. It's just not as nice. I don't want to walk through the swamps. So if we can work out a little deal, maybe, how about this? I'll let you lead the way, most of the way, 90% of the way on the scenic route that I want. If you, if you let me dabble with 20%, oh, 20% is too, oh, okay, how about 10%? You know, I was doing those things. These are the conversations and the prayers I was having with God. <laughs> like I believed him, but not believe, I, I didn't fully believe him. Why? Because I didn't put it into action. So I knew in my heart of hearts that he would always provide, but I didn't act on it. And I know some of you guys are having those conversations and, and similar prayers with God because you want to have your hand in everything. You think that you know better. Now think about this. How do you think God feels when we do that to him? I'm going to spin this back around. For those of you that have children, what if that was your child? talking to you like that, trying to tell you at 12 years old that, that they're grown and they can make decisions if they want to because they're almost a teenager and they've been through so much in life and we don't understand what all they have to go through when they go to school. They don't understand how it feels to be in love at 12 and to have a breakup and to have friends and have a new life, we have no clue. So we can't tell them what path to go on because we don't know. We've never been through what they've been through. We can't see what they see because we haven't spent a mile in their shoes. Now, as a parent, you, you I know some of you parents right now are... are, are or cringing up, you probably felt the goosebumps and the hair raise on your skin, ready to backhand your child for talking so reckless and foolishly. 
That's what God should do to us when we come to him talking so foolishly to him. But I'm telling you, God will always provide, but it's one thing to know it. It's one thing to believe it. It's another thing to put that into action. You must put it into action and you must step back. You just have to obey. You just have to obey. That's it. But you must step back. You cannot, there is no, uh, you can't, there's no backseat driving. You can't be a passenger in here trying to drive. You can't do none of that. You just need to be obedient and to do what he asked you to do. That's it. I'm just speechless and I'm dumbfounded because I'm thinking about all these silly things, you know what I mean, in my 20s that I missed out on. Potentially, I don't know, whatever, blessings that I missed out on. But, you know, God is always going to win and he's always going to provide greater than what you can even imagine. Why? Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Once again, it's no different. Let's take it back to the parent. You guide your kids to go down a path and the kids don't see it. They don't see it. They don't know why they're raking the leaves every day. They don't know why they have to make their bed every day. They don't know why they have to get good grades. They don't know, they don't know why they have to treat everybody with, with, with respect. They don't know why they have to do things a certain way. They don't know why they have to be slow to anger. They don't know why they have to go to church. They don't know why they have to go to Sunday school or they have to go to Wednesday Bible study. They don't know why they have to respond to adversity in a certain way when they're playing sports. They don't know why they have to do these things. You want them to stay on the path because you see the peace in their life that they can have. You see the amount of wisdom that they can have. You see that they can be a foundational man sooner than you ever were. And what a beautiful gift. What a beautiful, beautiful legacy to leave for your children. They don't see it. They don't know what a foundational man is. They're not trying to worry about these qualities. They're not trying to do any of that stuff. They are worried about what is going on right now within the next five minutes. Why? Because that is the most important thing right now. They're teenagers, pre-teenagers. Heck, I got my six-year-old going through kid drama already at school. And that's important to her. It's important to her that everybody that she meets is her best friend. That's how she introduces everybody. Oh, my best friend so-and-so said this. My best friend so-and-so said they don't want to be best friends anymore. My best friend, I just met them just two minutes ago. She's my best friend. He's my best friend. That's important to her right now. So the best thing you can do is play on top of that. Okay, how do you treat a best friend? What would God do? How does God treat you? How does he treat his best friends? How does he treat his children? What does the, what does the scripture say about this? Remember what you learned in Sunday school? When it was talking about loving your neighbor, loving everyone. Remember that? This is what he's talking about. The way you 
You care about everyone the way you want everyone to be your best friend. I want you to hold on to that because you're only six right now, but that's going to transfer into love. This is how you're to love everyone. We got to start thinking outside the box. We, we have been trying to parent our kids in an old school, traditional way, and we're not thinking outside the box. But now you can think outside the box because you understand what it means to be a foundational man or foundational woman. Now you have a foundation, you have a starting point. And you never fail with starting with love. But that's a whole different story. But once again, I want to thank you for your time. Six things. These six things are things that I thought were pretty important in my life. And uh, I wish I knew more about them. Or I wish I would have uh, put them into action in my 20s. With that being said, <clears throat> my voice is barely held up and what a great birthday gift to spend time with you all, to be able to share my true feelings and my true thoughts amongst friends. I think that's an awesome thing. Why? Because I value the time that I spend with you. I do. Maybe we haven't met physically. That's all right. I already know I care about you. I already know I love you. I already know that I w I'm interested in listening to how your day went or what's on your mind. I want to hear your perspective, whether you agree or disagree. I already know those things. So every time I have the opportunity to put out another episode on the Men Are Necessary podcast, I am overjoyed and I am forever grateful because it was time that I was able to spend with you all. So with that being said, remember that we are in the business of healing and not hurting. And remember to be the fresh water that heals in a salty environment because that's what foundational men do. Until we meet again, my friends.